Today, I have the pleasure of interviewing Tori Washington. Tori Washington is a National Academy of Sports Medicine certified coach and IFBB pro. IFBB stands for International Federation of Bodybuilding. He's raised vegetarian uh, and vegan since 1998. And Tori built his physique entirely on a plant-based regimen without the aid of supplements since 2009. Tori's training style focuses on physical symmetry and aesthetics and has become one of the most sought after coaches of celebrities and bodybuilders globally. Tori also advocates for veganism to his global fan base and brings to light the plight of animals and the need to heal mother earth through living a more plant-based vegan lifestyle. Clean eating is the foundation for excess fat release, but to increase your fat burning potential, you have to build muscle. Muscle burns fat and it makes for strong, healthy, for a strong, healthy body as you age. So in this episode, Tori is going to give us the 411 on how women can build muscle the healthy way. All right, Tori, thank you so much for blessing us with your presence on the Raw Food Health Empowerment Podcast. Thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you for taking the time to have me on as well. Yes. And I would love to start with the story of how you got into veganism. Like, how did that even start? Well, how I got started into the world that we now know as veganism was I was raised by my, by my parents, by my mom, actually, particularly in as a vegetarian. And she raised us as a vegetarian because her lifestyle or her religious lifestyle, which is that of a Seventh-day Adventist, pushed that message that the best way for human beings to live and to basically follow after what God wanted for us was to eat from the land and you know every tree that bears fruit. That's the way that we were supposed to exist in this world. And so that's how my mother raised us. And so my transition into the world of, which is now known as vegan. And I say that because, you know, labels tend to cause people to use them as a way to identify themselves. And I don't, I'm not particularly one to fall into labels, even though technically, you know, we use labels to kind of give people an idea but we can be so much more than that specific label. And I didn't really come into that world of vegan, not until about 1998, when I was you know, studying different schools of thought. And I say that meaning like different way, different lifestyles, you know, you have Islam, you have Christianity, you have Rastafari, you have Buddhism, you have so many different things out there. And, Rastafari was one of the ones, the lifestyle that I, of choice that I chose. But what I got from it was a lot of, which happens in pretty much any lifestyle, people professing a certain way, but then not actually following it all the way through. And so me wanting to be one, a man of integrity and not really say I'm something and then not actually do it caused me to make that shift. And then later on, I was told, or basically people gave me the definition, oh, it sounds like you're vegan, excuse me. Now I had never heard that terminology because of where I was brought up. And you know, in, in the environment that I was raised, we never heard that term before. So what I was the term, term you, you heard? All I heard was, I, I think I just vegetarian. You know, I never really heard of vegan and then I think it was because it was more associated with an upper class hippie you know kind of weird people type of thing mm-hmm. now for, if we could pause right here for the folks that don't know where are you where's your family from where's your mom from well my family's Jamaican my mom is from Jamaica but I was raised for nine years of my life in Alabama and that you know, in Alabama, you know, you have country, Southern style people. So, you know, with a a slavery background. So the environment I was in was all people of the same skin tone. Mm -hmm. So any terminology that calls vegan, you you never hear that. 
you know, that's not something you're going to hear. Right. So when I heard that, it, I actually heard it because someone that doesn't look like me said, oh, you're vegan. I'm like, what? what is that? And so I had to go look it up and understand what it was about. But even then, I thought it was just what I ate. And I had a rude awakening because she was kind of rude when she said, you know, I was at a food truck getting a f some food. And this lady asked me about my boots and they were Timberlands. And of course, you know, I was brought up around a lot of East Coast style mentality and mindset. So, and with New York being on the hip hop scene, pretty much running it, Timberlands were the thing. And I was wearing my Timberlands happy and proud. And she's telling me, are your shoes vegan? I was looked at her like, what? I'm not eating my shoes. <laughs> and I had to figure it out like, oh, you mean it's made cruelty-free, no animals. And that, I was like, wow, are you serious? I didn't think that, that was, a, was important, you know, but, you know, when you learn more about it, you're like, whoa, I didn't realize how much it impacted the environment by how much animals are put to use in a mass production style. And then when you understand it, you're like, wow, I mean, I can, me, I can change this just by how I spend my dollars. And so, mm -hmm. so yeah. Yeah. That's how I became known into the vegan world. When you mentioned that, that you weren't used to the terminology, what immediately came to mind was ITEL, because being from Jamaican background also, that that is the terminology <laughs> that we're used to for the Rastafari that actually follow, you know, that that eating plan, because it, like you said, they don't really all follow it. And I have right. family that's seven day Adventist and none of them are vegan so <laughs> or vegetarian. <laughs> So it's like, this is... this is why I just love you so much because you, you're all the things that I would expect to see in my family. Like I should be, I should have been the last one on board. You know what I'm saying? But I, I was actually the second. <laughs> um, and it's because, you know, whatever books your mom was reading, like in the Bible that she was looking at, my family did not. So I, I just, you know, that would be my follow-up question is like, what, <laughs> what area of the Seventh-day Adventist book should I be, you know, pointing <laughs> to for my family? Man, I, I don't even know what to tell you when it comes to that, because, you know, I've met a few. I know my mom now, she went even further. I don't know if you've heard of Shepherd's Rod. Mm -mm. And so they live, they were living out in Exeter, Missouri, in their own compound and growing their own food and really, really getting deeper into it. And so, but I guess it's just their understanding, you know, and they're, cause you know, most people will read it and get something different because I saw a friend of mine had a discussion with someone on their channel and they said that, well, God said that you're supposed to be able to eat. You have dominions over them so you can eat this, this, that, and the other. And he was like, well, there's a lot of contradictions and he went into different things, you know, in regards to that. But it's, I guess it's just how certain people want to want to see it. And I say want to, because most people would rather not change because they're so used to it. They're like, I, you know, it says it's fine. I'm going to go ahead and say it's fine. So they're just sticking to that, you know? So I wish I could give you, you know, cite you some books like, here, read this. Mm -hmm. And I could talk about it, but you know, it's, it's, I think it goes deeper because my, I have uh, other family members who, that I know of who are also seven Adventists and they are vegetarian and vegan. So it's, but it's like you said, it's rare. You don't find too many, you know, a lot of them will just, you know, I'll pray over the food. It's fine. You know, you know, we that can continue part. on <laughs> that part, right? That part. So, okay, so you were vegetarian, but what was the switch to being vegan? Like, did you watch a documentary? Like what made the shoe situation even become a thing where you actually changed what you wear? That, I don't, you know what? I think it's because as I started to gain popularity, you know, yeah, the popularity was pushed it because I started becoming this ambassador icon that goes to different 
festivals and events and speaks in front of hundreds of people. And I was thinking, all right, well, I, I, if I'm going to go speak in front of hundreds of people. I'm not going to be wearing Timberlands and, you know, wearing, a, you know, all these types of things. So, you know, I had to make sure that I didn't just talk the talk, but I also walked the walk. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I remember when I first saw Earthlings, was it Earthlings? Yep. I couldn't watch it. The first five minutes I was like, whoa, mm, I don't know if I want to watch this. I, I, I know enough. But then when I watched it, I was just like, wow. Mm-hmm. The, the rampant misuse of animals in the world was just like, what? It was crazy to see how people just didn't care. Mm-hmm. And, you know, then I started, even when I saw Cowspiracy, that was like, wow. Because I thought all these documentaries are like, it's, it's like preaching to the choir. I know this stuff already. But yeah. then when you see it more in depth and you kind of like, oh, I didn't even know that. I didn't, you know, you started to put the dots together. And now the thing is, when it comes to that, I'm not one to tell somebody to throw our stuff away because I think about it now, all you're doing is giving it to someone else to use again. Mm-hmm. So you might as well just keep it. You already bought it. So now just, now you know going forward, but it, it's something that you had already paid for, you know, so and because I think a lot of times people demean other people for having those items, not knowing if they've had them for a long time prior to them, that shift. Some mm-hmm. people do give them away. Some people to get rid of them. That's fine too. But I think we need to be more accepting of what people's decisions and because you're not paying their bills, you know, <laughs> maybe they can't afford another jacket, but they have this leather jacket that was gifted to them by a friend long time ago and now they're like you know what i'm just gonna keep it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know so yeah so it's a lot of different things that go into play when it comes to that situation so my like i said my shift was i was i think i had you know items that may have had eggs in it and milk here because i was never a milk drinker so that's not something that i had to even get worried about i think that milk ingredient as a vegetarian you don't really if it's there it's like whatever and so once I really made that shift, say, you know what, my integrity is more important. And you're right, it's ital. I was ital is what I was used to, especially being a Rasta. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, I will use ital. Give me some ital soup and you know, tinga and ting. Those are the things you look for. Yeah. And so, and w- when I went decided to make that transition, no plant, no eggs or cheese or milk byproduct in my foods. That was just because I wanted to be strictly Aita. And then, and then it's not until I, someone said after that point, oh, you're vegan, you know? And then of course, you know, <laughs> now you start to get all the jokes, you know, Tori's yeah. fine. He can go to the park and have, eat some tree bark and some grass <laughs> and get, you know, stuff like that. It's funny. Cause they, I couldn't imagine someone saying that to a Rasta elder, like that would be so disrespectful. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, and this whole conversation and narrative that just really actually just boils my blood with this um, veganism is so white, but it's like, no, that's my culture. Like we naturally ate that way. We just didn't call it that. And um, then that becomes a huge debate in the vegan community. <laughs> you know. So even that, but I, I mean, it's so interesting hearing your story and your journey because it just... Um, first of all, there's so many uh, parallels to mine, so many points of synchronicities. And it just shows that, you know, we all are on our own journey. And ultimately, we will get there, you know, because I I was definitely eating this way from a health conscious focus first. But the more you eat this way, you're you become privy to some new information, like the mistreatment of animals, how do we get dairy? cows are raped like you know they don't teach us this as children so right. you you right. learn it on the way and just holding you know space and having grace for folks as they come to terms with all of that because it definitely is it's a huge mindset shift and then once you've decided it's like okay well my closet I spent all this money like you know <laughs> right. all of that you gotta piece together 
So you're a big time like celebrity bodybuilder and you're vegan. So like, that's like the biggest thing for folks. What in your mind is the biggest misconception about being vegan and bodybuilding? I would say, because, you know, at one point it used to be, where do you, you know, where do you get your protein? But I think that that misconception has somewhat died. And now it's where do you get it from? Not where do you get it from, but what are your, what are your, your main sources? And the other one is that because you're vegan, you're not going to get quality amino acids to build quality muscle. And so when you do that, then the next thing is what, you know, because it's always something. And I feel like when the protein thing kind of died, the next thing that came valid was, what about B12? You know, you got to get your B12. And, and I remember because I've met people who have been 30 year vegans, 40 year vegans, and they had never really had this B12 subject. Same here. I had never really heard that thing until more in the last five years. And I was thinking, no one ever said anything about B12 back in the day. Now, all of a sudden, now B12 is huge. And then now B12 kind of died down somewhat, but now it's okay. The, the protein that you're getting is not quality. You know, it's, it's sub-quality compared to whey and animal flesh because of the, the, the profile, the amino acid profile. And, and that's, that's not true. So I get that a lot. So it's a lot, it becomes a lot more technical nowadays because you have all these different types of diets around, you know, with everything going on and you have so many people using this one, I'm using this one, I'm doing this now and doing this. So now everything's supposedly scientific. And so now they can break down that how vegan won't work because you're missing out on key nutrients when it comes to amino acids where when you're, that it's like the concept doesn't get grasped by people that the animals that you're consuming for the most part <laughs> are eating vegetation. Right. Unless they're, you know, I know of course when it comes to mass production, they're kind of given a specific food source, mainly soy, you know, what have you, just to fatten them up. So, so yeah even there, you might not be getting the right amount of amino acids per se, because they're not even out grazing like they used to. Not, they're not eating their, the dirt and the vegetation full of nutrients from the ground. You know, they're not getting it. And they're sitting in a, in a pen, just kind of caged up, stressed out. So you're getting all of that stress and all of those hormones into your system by eating it. So I think the what really the biggest misconception is just how are you getting quality quality nutrition and mm -hmm. when you showcase it of course the next thing is oh wait maybe a couple of years from now you're not gonna look like that i've been doing this for 23 years so wow what? congrats you know so it's it's very interesting it's very interesting 23 years bodybuilding 23 years vegan and bodybuilding since 2009 but I have been pretty much working out since I was like 15, you know, mm -hmm. so. Yeah, so, so, so that's like, what is, that's like 12, I'm trying to do the math real quick. What is that, like 12 years vegan? Oh, you mean as a bodybuilder? Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. sorry, yes. 12 years yeah. vegan as a bodybuilder. So you started, started bodybuilding vegan and look at you now. So obviously protein ain't an issue. <laughs> Your skin looks great. Thank you. And, that's and, crazy if you said that. Because <laughs> I get people, that's what happened in that last clubhouse, if you remember. They the part about them, like, the skin. It's like, yo, we, we need your skin regimen. Yes. Water. You live in Florida. Oh, I love it. So yeah, I think the sun, well. yeah, the sun really, because when I go to Jamaica and now here in Southern California, I notice the skin quality is just, you know, the, the vitamin D is really everything. Mm -hmm. <laughs> very, very big. You know, it's key. And I didn't even realize it until now. 
because I was and have always been a sun lover. Mm -hmm. I mean, when I was younger, I remember at first I had a sort of uh, a, an issue where I wasn't, I didn't like myself. I didn't like my skin, you know? So I didn't want it to be dark. So I used to hide from the sun. And I see that now with a lot of our people where they don't want to be in the sun. And, but they don't realize how important the sun is and how much more we need to be in the sun because our skin, because of the skin pigmentation, it, it blocks a lot of the absorption of the vitamin, the rays that produce vitamin D. So we have to stay out there longer in order to get it. And then when we have our, when we're obese or overweight, it blocks a lot of that absorption of that vitamin D because vitamin D is a fat soluble vitamin. And therefore the, it gets lost in the fat before we can absorb it. So we have to stay out there long. So anyways, a lot of different things. So, and then once I came into loving myself and being more in, I love the sun. I could lay out in it for hours. And I, and I started doing that more. So that's where my hair color started to change because I was in the, in the beach using aloe to wash my locks. And I got real rasta, you know, and then get in the salt, salt water, flash my grids and get out and just lay in the sun. And it just, you know, it was just something I just did pretty much every weekend. Or, you know, I'm out playing sports because I was, even though I was nine years in Alabama, then I lived in Jamaica and then from Jamaica to here, to South Florida. South Florida is where I pretty much did high school, parts of middle school, and that was always on the beach. We were beach, 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 beach constantly. And that's my thing. I've always been beach, never been a chlorine person. So I'm not a pool guy. Yeah, straight so. natural. Yes. <laughs> so you mentioned B12. Does that factor into building muscle at all? You know, it's, I think it's, I'm not, a, I'm not a doctor. So when it comes to B12, I think one of the things that it impacts is the nerves, mm -hmm. nerves, you know, and maybe the muscle, the muscle, musculature. But when it comes to the, I think they, from what I've researched, I've heard, I've learned is that when you are lacking, it, it gives you certain symptoms. And then they're saying that when you're that deficient and you, it's hard to, or you can't repair what has already happened for some you, reason. But do you know what yeah. the symptoms are? Not fully. Cause, and I've never heard, <laughs> I've never heard it. Like, that's what I'm waiting for. Because when, even when you mentioned you've known people who's, you know, they're not concerned about B12. They don't really concern themselves about consuming artificial forms of B12. I immediately think of Aris Latham. I think that's how you pronounce his last name. Mm -hmm. And he's been raw vegan, I think like 40 something years. And he doesn't take any B12 supplements from my research and understanding. But of course, we don't know what's happening in people's personal lives. Right. Um, but yeah, the, the argument for B12, I just haven't seen um, a really good one come out yet to be overly concerned about it. You know? Right, right. Especially understanding that we're all, regardless of your diet, B12 deficient just based off of how we are, you know, farming, our farming practices right now, right, and how right, right. overly hygienic plus with COVID and everything. I mean, we're killing some great bacteria even right now. <laughs> so that's, I'm glad you brought that up real quick. And not to, I tell I, any people, when I see people do something specific, I'll tell you what that is later. I first have to see what their vibe is, their energy. And before I even say something to it about, say something to them about it, mm -hmm. because if, if they already have this energy or this vibe where I'm like, man, yeah, they're not gonna receive it. I don't say anything. But when I see people don themselves in hand sanitizer, I go up to me like, dude, don't do that. I'm like, what, what? I said, you're killing good bacteria constantly by doing that not only that your largest organ in your body on largest organ is your skin and it absorbs what you put on top of it so if you're putting that chemical on there all the time thinking you're just killing you know germs and this that yeah, you're killing stuff that's good because our hands contain good good bacteria and to do that every day even after you wash your hands you know people are doing it five times ten times a day i've never done that i'm not into that stuff and so, you know, this is, like you said, 
And another thing too, when it comes to our gut microbiome, our intestines, you know, we're not absorbing nutrients because we're eating things that and doing things that are killing that good bacteria down there. You know, we kind of lump bacteria into one idea of it's bad. Get rid of bacteria. You know what I mean? Yeah. Especially now. The fear is immense right now. Yeah. Fear is man. <laughs> it's it's crazy. So I, I don't even I do my best not even to get into discussions unless the, the person is open enough to be able to discuss something without having the emotional attachment mm -hmm. and able to discuss and even if we agree to disagree you know because I think we as human beings should be able to have discussions even if we don't agree but we can respect each other's point of view because we all have a certain a distinct point of view because we have been raised differently in different environments mm -hmm. you know and our cultures are different and you know just how we see things that's that's why we're unique because we are supposed to see things differently. You can't grow if everybody's thinking the same. Somebody ain't thinking. You know, <laughs> we need to have someone think, hmm, okay, I never thought about it that way. You know what I mean? So. Yeah, yeah. So I would love for you to take us through a five minute rundown on how to build muscle on a vegan diet, specifically for women. Cause I feel like for men, and maybe it could be some bias, I feel like it's a little easier. <laughs> Um, just because they're, they're not holding on to fat the way women are. They don't have like these hormonal changes uh, as far as I know, so frequently as right. women do. Um, cause we, you know, we have our monthly cycle. So explain like just a five minute rundown on how to build muscle on a vegan diet and how is it different? Like for women compared to men? Well, when it comes to Building muscle is not necessarily all nutrition, right? Even though nutrition plays an important role. And I think a lot of the misconception is that the nutrition has to be a certain way. Because we all build muscle, not build muscle differently. We all have a different, our metabolisms are unique in how we break down foods, right? So what I mean by that is some people's metabolism can withstand a higher intake of carbohydrates versus someone else. Same with your fat, same with protein. So the first thing that people think when about building muscle is I need to in ingest an entire, entirely a lot of protein, right? That's the first thing that comes to mind because what does protein do? It rebuilds muscle tissue. But it you know, does a lot of different things, nails, hair, what have you. Building muscle also comes from the stress induce that you put on put it under so for example what i mean by that is time under tension you know you have to be able to lift the weights to put the muscle into a stress position to where it feels like okay if this is going to continue i have to get stronger so as you lift this weight what you're doing is you're creating small micro tears in the muscle fiber and so it rebuilds to become strong enough to do it again so when you do that on a consistent basis you're then building muscle. And so now you need the nutrition aspect of it. And the nutrition aspect when it comes to men and women are different because women don't need as much protein as men do, but certain, certain people, depending on their body type, need to have more protein because their body will use it to build muscle more than it would use carbohydrates for energy, for example. And then some people, their metabolism is very slow, so they need to take in less fat, less carbohydrates possibly, and utilize more protein so that their body then uses fat stored and stored carbohydrates, which turn into glycogen, which our body, our muscles use for energy and use that for energy. So they would be on a different scale when it comes to what they ingest. So, and, and then all, when it, as, a, as a vegan, we need to eat a variety of different foods. Why, why do you do that? It's because of the multiple amino acids that are available when it comes to ingesting all types of different veg vegetables, fruits, and sources that contain a higher amount of protein because 99.9% .9 of fruits and veggies contain protein. It's just the amount that's readily available that people are looking at because 
people don't recognize that watermelon has protein because you think of watermelon, you think of refreshing and maybe micronutrients, but you don't, you're not thinking protein. Of course, there's no fat there. And so it's just be creating that balance or understanding that balance of what your body needs. So, you know, if, let's say you are a high protein, there's things like dehydrated pea protein crumbles that you can get from a company that once you hydrate, put it into sauces or what have you, one serving is about 40 grams of protein. So protein is not a problem. It's just depending on what your body can adapt to because some people can't do soy just because it's how their body has come accustomed to where it's hard for them to break down the soy or the edamame or the tofu, what have you. And, but there's so many other sources. It's just now you have to play that fine line of understanding how your body handles carbohydrates based on your metabolism. And it's really truly trial and error. So the main thing, lifting properly, my biomechanics, lifting weights, not women not being afraid to lift heavy weights because you don't have enough testosterone to build a masculine physique unless you're going to take some enhancement drugs. Now, of course, there are some women who have more testosterone in their body, so they get big shoulders and arms, but they're still not gonna get what they assume to be a male physique. Secondly, nutrition. Nutrition comes down, down to really understanding how your body breaks down food. And what I mean by that is the, the main macronutrients, which are your protein, your carbohydrates, and your fats. Like I said, some people can take on more fats than others. Carbohydrates, the same thing. And your protein can be nominal. You can start at a nominal level. The recommended daily allowance of protein for a woman is 46 grams. For a man, it's about 56 grams. And this is your average sedentary person. Now, of course, if you're going to be very much involved into sports, lifting, bodybuilding, active, active lifestyle, you need to increase that just a little bit, but it doesn't need to be some enormous number that where if you weigh 250 pounds, you're supposed to be eating 250 pounds of protein. That's entirely too much <laughs> because your body doesn't need all of that. Another is rest. Rest is so important. And it's science has, some scientific studies have shown that when you know, don't get, I know this is longer than five minutes, but when you don't get, eight hours of sleep, your body tends to hold on to fat. When you're getting enough rest, it gives your body enough time to stay in a more uh, anabolic state, which is a muscle building state and allows you to burn fat more. So rest and recovery is so important. And I think that's probably a, a one of the highest priority because we tend to look at sleep as being evil because you know you sleep people say you know you sleep when you die or grind hard right now and then you can relax later on but it's why it's like the length the quality of life you want later on in your life and if you limit your sleep by that time now your body really truly can't catch up because now you're at the stage where your muscle building days are kind of gone because now when, as you get older, we tend to lose muscle. We, just, we can continue to maintain our strength and our in a specific look, but you know, you, you, I don't think you've seen an 80 year old person looking like a 30 year old bodybuilder because you know our muscle just atrophy as we age. But yeah, I think those are main keys. Mm -hmm. Lifting properly mechanics, nutrition based on your body type, rest and recovery all important areas of building muscle. And it that goes for being vegan and non-vegan because if you don't do those things, I don't care what you do, you're not gonna build muscle mm -hmm. as good as you really want to. I love that you mentioned that. Um, Cause I think when you get to 80, you're gonna look pretty good. <laughs> Cause I, you know I saw, what? I, yeah, I I saw one guy who, who has been, he's had a consistent schedule of doing um weight training and he's like around that age and he looks pretty decent because you know the when you when you don't use the muscles of course they're going to atrophy i've seen it even with younger folks who are mm -hmm. very sedentary and they don't do anything but sit on the computer 
And um, yeah, the muscles get weak. They just disappear. You know, and it's interesting you say that because I always wonder like, how do people not want to do anything? Mm-hmm. I guess it, I, I don't know. It's just because it's, it baffles me because I do. I want to go work out and stay shaped, stay active. You know, if I start to see one ab disappear, I'm like, oh no. <laughs> uh-uh. <laughs> but well, then I see people that- makes sense that you're a trainer. <laughs> <laughs> I'll see people that they'll gain 20 pounds and then they're like, oh man, I need to do something now. But I'm thinking, <laughs> how did you gain 20? Like, I know you see it creep up, but yeah. then you think, oh, that's only fine. But then their joints start hurting. They start feeling different things, paining them more. Mm-hmm. And they don't associate it with maybe it's the increased weight, you know, because that little hike and weight can make an, a, an impact on your joints, heart, and your overall wellness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you don't associate it until someone tells you in a white coat, like, hey, mm-hmm. you need to lose weight. Oh, okay, yeah. Somebody else told me that, but I didn't think that was the thing. But since you said it, <laughs> you know, now I get it. Yeah, it's getting harder and harder with all of the devices and technology and just everything getting so exciting in with these things that you don't even really need to leave your house to have social interaction to do like fun activities. So I, I'm really watching closely to this, these young kids growing up and what the numbers are going to look like. Cause we're already dealing with such high rates of obesity right now. Childhood obesity is an increasing issue. And then they're not wanting to go outside, you know, so you know, they're not getting their vitamin D. So then they're not even supplementing it. And it's amazing when you realize that vitamin D is very prevalent in, in the Southern states, a certain, above a certain line of the equator, mm-hmm. where it's year round, like here, Florida is year round. Whereas New York states above, halfway up above Alabama, Mississippi, and Georgia, they don't have it year round. And they don't, they, ha- they need to supplement it because it's integral when it comes to your immune health. And a lot of people don't know that. We all think vitamin C, vitamin C. No, vitamin C is good, but that vitamin D is even more important. And I, you know, it's, I'm glad I was, I didn't even know that it was, but I got it so much. And I continue to do as much as I can. I usually, sometimes I'll use my Saturday to just go lay out and, you know, track how much I'm getting. So therefore I can continue to get it. Oh, wow tracking <laughs> yeah there's, a, there's an app for it now you can oh. it's called a, it's called dminder where it yeah. reminds you you know how much vitamin d is in the certain area that you're located and how long it's going to be there for oh but it's not telling you how much you have yeah it does and it tells you so you have to put in information and it'll tell you how much you need to get based oh. on your skin type and what have you you know and our skin type is pretty much the same. You know, we don't really burn, you know, we get tan pretty quickly. And then it, you tell it how much of your percentage of your body is being shown so that therefore it can then calculate how much time you need to spend in the sun in order to get it. D-minder, I like that tip. Great tip, yeah. thank you. Yeah, it's really cool. I, I thought I said, you know what? This is not bad at all, I like it. Yeah. That's cool. So thank you so much. Like, I love all of that, especially since we have a range of women that listen to this podcast from their 30s to their 60s. And I love that you highlighted the sleep part because that is like huge, huge. (laughs) You know, and it's difficult to be consistent, but you do the best you can. And, um, you know, perfection is not, is not, I mean, I know you can attest to that, like, it's just not feasible for any of us to be a hundred percent perfect. Right. Any of the healthy things, but you just do the best you can on a consistent basis and you get there, you know? Yeah. And that's something, you know, when you said about sleep and something else you mentioned, something I started practicing, which I know it's going to sound kind of weird to people is I, our nose is one of the most important areas in which to breathe. Mm-hmm. I say that because sometimes I'll sleep with my mouth open. And I didn't realize that when you start to become a person who sleeps with their, or sleep, not sleep, but breathe through your your mouth, Mm -hmm. it affects your oxygen level 
and it affects your nasal cavity because the more you use your mouth, the, the more constricted this becomes because you don't need it. It's, your body's saying, okay, he's not using it as much so we can start closing it up. And so you just know how people tend to have sleep apnea and sleep problems because of breathing. Mm-hmm. So what I've started doing is I started taping my mouth shut. Literally. But not like, not literally like, but like a little bit of tape. What it does over time is that when your mouth goes to the open position, the tape will catch it and you will, you will instinctively close it. And so I noticed that when I have done that, I sleep better because I'm forced to breathe through my nose where your nose creates the most oxygen than breathing in through your mouth because your nose, the cavity, it, it kind of pressurizes the air. It has, it breaks down bacteria and pathogens and it brings the most high, the, the highest quality air comes to your lungs through your nose. And I didn't realize that and because of it filters and does a lot of different things. So there's been evidence shown that people have changed their structure of their face by going from mouth breathing through to nose breathing on more of a consistent basis because your structure changes in order to adjust to now you're using this nasal, nasal cavity more. So it makes sense. It's really, it's actually, I've seen the, the changes in my sleep just by doing that. So, and then you, you don't snore. I actually had a friend of mine, her, her brother-in-law, once he started doing it, stopped snoring. And That's I said, major. Hmm, yes, <laughs> because you know, you, do, you go out here and buy all these devices, this machine, CPAP machine, and really it's just changing the way we breathe. And it's hard, you know, that's why, you know, you have a lot of breath work going on out there and people are starting to understand the power of breathing. And here we are now, let's restrict it more. No, you need to breathe more and, and increase the oxygen production and fresh air that our bodies need in order to thrive in this life and beyond you know so that's that's, and it's of course it comes from a mindset shift as well and i think there's a lot of things too that a lot of people their mind is not in a place that could keep them in a a space of progress you know because if you say i am and the the words that come after it are negative there you are you know what i mean Mm -hmm. you know if you're gonna say i am it needs to be something that's gonna be good for you as a human being as a person because then you continue to thrive in that space. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that is phenomenal. Like the the breathing affecting the face structure. I'm literally gonna research all of it today yeah, because check it out. Oh, I feel like, oh my gosh, have I been going through that? <laughs> now I need to do some uh, some research and figure out if that's my situation. Like, whoa, 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 whoa. That that's phenomenal. Thank you so much for mentioning that. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. Yeah. Um, so how can folks find you online? Cause they want to hear more of all of this interesting stuff, how to build muscle on a vegan diet and all of the things that you've shared today. So the best ways to find me are my website, toriwashington.com. And then I'm all social media platforms under Tori Washington, whereas on Instagram is tori.washington, YouTube channel, Tori W official official YouTube. I have Twitter, same thing. Everything is under my name, Tori Washington. That's T-O-R-R-E Washington. And that's just how I keep it. That way it makes it quite simple. Yes. And on your website, you have workout guides and meal plans, which I'm sure are all vegan. (laughs) Yeah. And it's, it's really a program specific type of setup so a lot of times people are looking for like a book to download Mm -hmm. but it's more it's more involved than that so you get to purchase the program and it comes with about over 45 meal ideas suggestions plans what have you and it's set up in a manner where i used to be very intuitive into eating like intuitive eating and then once i got more into competition i kind of switched from that to i now count my macros only when I'm getting ready for competition. But outside of that, I'm doing more of the intuitive eating where I eat based on portion sizes. You know, if I know I'm going to eat a ton of this next time I want to decrease my caloric intake, 
I ate less. So I created my program on that type of methodology where it's portion-based. And then my bodybuilding program was truly designed for the basic fundamental foundational training aspects of bodybuilding that sometimes people miss. And it comes with workouts, videos for every single exercise. And it's something you have to download and then you have it with you. You can have it on your phone with you for, for eternity. And so you can always go back to it. So yeah, so it was, it was something I created and I wanted to put something out there because I've have this idea to always to help people. But you know, if you could help every person in the world, it'd be great, you know, because I get a lot of questions about that, but I can only be in one place at a time. Like right now here with you, I can't go over there and train somebody, you know what I mean? Right. So with that, they can go to my website, get that information and use it to take with them. The only part that I miss truly about it is I wish I could be in everybody's home, watch them perform the exercise and really be able to guide them through doing it properly. Because I think that's the one area that I dislike is not being able to help people directly with mm -hmm. form. Because you can tell people what to do it through video and hope they do it right. But they have to really be in a place where you can really fine tune and tweak certain things to get them to get the exact feeling that you're looking for them to get and to effectively train a muscle to where it needs to be, if you know what I'm saying. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Totally get you. And the final question, we like to do book recommendations on the show notes for each episode. What book would you recommend folks read um, that has been super influential in your health journey? Man, health journey. Mm. You know, I haven't really read many books that are health associated because I'm, I read a, read a lot of different things. Health, man. So what kind of books do you read then if it's not health related? I read, <laughs> wow, it's a loaded question. I, <laughs> I have, in the this past, I read a This is where it gets juicy, lot. huh? <laughs> There's a book that I read, I, well, I read a lot. So, you know, Rasta Resistance, I've read Marcus Garvey's book, I've read Stolen Legacy, read the ISIS papers, of course, read the Bible, the Quran, and currently also read books that have different things going on. You know, there's one book, it's called The, I mean, the Controlled Demolition of the American Empire. That I is- I've heard of that. You probably haven't, but if you have- Or I have it, because you mentioned the ISIS That would be papers. interesting. I have that. Would be interesting. <laughs> and I, you know, The Destruction of Black Civilization. You know, I've read a lot of different books and so, the one thing about reading books, man, it's, it's, it's a task, it's a task, you know, you gotta, you gotta get into it and stick on to it because once you miss a week, you're like, oh, snap, I gotta go back <laughs> over what I read. So, but I haven't really read many books that were health associated because it was, that, that wasn't the, the lead in for me going this route, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so even though health has become part of my journey and my lifestyle, I never really just picked up books to directly discuss that. Now, mind you, I have to start taking up a course called Health Mastery Institute. And it's for really for me to focus on building my, uh, I don't know if you call it vocabulary, but my knowledge on the area of plant-based living, you know, and being able to talk about many different aspects of it. You know, because I've also read, you know, the the book, The Master Cleanse, which really talks about fasting, you know, and cleansing your body, detoxing, things like that. So I've read that, you know, but I've, I've dabbled in a lot of different books and only because I, I kind of have a sponge for a brain. Like I just want to absorb as much knowledge as possible. Yeah. And if I can find a, find it useful to helping other people, then I do that, you know, or I'll just take it in for myself just to kind of have that knowledge to under, 
to kind of realize where I'm at a certain point and to realize where people are too, because a lot of times we become exclusive where we exclude people because they don't think like us or how we as an individual may think. And I want to be more in inclusive to allowing people to be themselves in that space, in my space and not have that sense of, hey, you know, I don't want you thinking like that because you're around me, you must think this way. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. Yeah. Did, did you feel that more in 2020? Like What's that? A need, more of a need to be inclusive in that? in personal mm. relationships when it comes to certain conversations and mindsets. Yeah. yeah, but you know, it's interesting. You may have had the idea to be more inclusive, but then people are have the idea to be exclusive because hey, you don't think like this. Mm -hmm. You're one of those people. Like what? Mm -hmm. Why am I one of those people? I mean, yeah. <laughs> just because I agree <laughs> with some of the things that they talk about doesn't mean, you know, and then that's labeling again. You're boxing people into a certain a place because you don't agree with those thoughts yeah and that's where you should just be able to be like all right that's how you feel that's how you think that's cool you know we can still be friends you know we can still chit chat talk you know shoot the breeze whatever yeah tori i appreciate you so much i love your honesty and authenticity especially about the books because i feel like you can learn so much about a person by the books that they're reading <laughs> and um the destruction of black of the black civilization i'm pretty sure i have that book and now i'm about to read it <laughs> so <I'm> like, <laughs> i already know what this guy is on so yeah i'm about to read that i'll check back in with you <laughs> my notes and thoughts on that and thank you again for just being yourself and being an example i think our community definitely needs to see you and and more folks standing up and standing in their truth like you are um and being an example that it's, it's, you. It's, it's, you. you can do it and you can do all the things, even become a bodybuilder. <laughs> you won't be protein deficient, we promise. Exactly. You know, I posted a video, a post the other day on Twitter and it said, just a protein deficient vegan sitting out here enjoying the sun. But then I, then I finished it up, I said, uh, I need you to come get this D. <laughs> but I was talking you know, about so wait, does your mother that. follow you on social media? <laughs> <laughs> You're both. <laughs> oh gosh. No, but that that's that's fun. I do follow you on social, so thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs>